What's up, Conroe? Welcome to another edition of Nerd Thug Sports. Hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, this is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico, and we're coming at you via remote during the coronavirus pandemic uh, using Anchor currently to create this very wonderful and entertaining show just for you. How's it going, little brother? That's going all right. Finally done with school, so oh, put that one in the bag. Time so for I that hot boy be lazy. summer. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, indoor summer again. I know, right? Are you gonna make like a, a TikTok where like you shake your you shake your booty, like and 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 live the life? Uh, I mean, like it's on it's on the list, but I don't know if I'll get to it. Oh, okay. I got That's a lot fair. of nothing to do. Oh, busy guy, very busy yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> uh, as always, make sure to hang out and check out our sponsor, The Adventure Begins. Uh. Comics, games, and more. We'll talk more about them uh, later on in the show. And um, make sure you're liking and subscribing and sharing. And uh, right now we're running three contests to encourage you to do just that. You can, um, if you're local here in Conroe and hear our hear our show, you can send us a screenshot of you subscribing or sharing the show on any platform, and we'll count that as an entry into a contest to win a free Marini's. Pizza. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, Marini's is actually really delicious. Also, um, if you're on the internet and you see us, you can also make sure to win either Heroclix LEs, which will be mailed anywhere in the continental United States, or a uh, Marvel 3D figurine keychain, also mailed anywhere in the United States. Same rules apply. Uh, we're drawing winners every Sunday night. Uh, Packaging it in the announcement with our Monday shows. Does that make sense? Was that all in Spanish? Did you guys get that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh that's the deal. Those are the contests. You can win pizza, keychains, or L or hero clicks. Um a lot going on, man. Uh actually that's a lie. There's not a lot, a lot going on. Uh sports are starting to creep back. Um, there's a little bit of, uh, baseball drama this week. There was a little bit of interesting stuff going on this week. So we can kind of get into some different things here. Um, the documentary, The Last Dance, which featured the last season of Michael Jordan, um, has sparked its share of controversy. There was a big reveal that the quote unquote flu game that Michael Jordan was famous for was not actually a flu game, but a food poisoning game because he ordered pizza uh, the night before. Uh, And also, several members of the first run of three championships, Bulls team, all came forward and said that they suspected Horace Grant was the leak from the locker room. He was a player with a very friendly relationship with a writer who wrote a book that was not flattering of Michael Jordan. And when they asked how he got his sources, Michael Jordan essentially said, it's Horace Grant, man. Come on. Everybody knows that. Uh, Horace Grant came forward and basically said that 
that also is not the case. Um, actually, Horace Grant has kind of gone on a, a little bit of a rampage this week. Um, Michael Jordan isn't portrayed great in the show. Um, it's it's a it's a fairly honest portrayal for something that's actually produced by two of his closest friends from his inner circle. Um, he comes across as a bit of a d bag, and a and a lot of the promos, there's stuff that like he says, like, I mean, uh, you'll probably wind up not even liking me after all this airs and all that, blah blah blah. Um, and so they use that clip a couple times, basically in juxtaposition of just, this is a pretty honest look at Michael Jordan, who is kind of a huge jerk. Um, we just, uh, we have a special guest this week, Barry Laminac. Uh, I got to spend some time with him. He is, uh, ESPN, uh, former ESPN personality and, uh, stand-up comedian. And he actually... He kind of made a good point that in this documentary, Jordan would go public with some stuff. Like, you just know that if you make Jordan angry, he's going to come at you and try and win. And he basically goes out of his way to go public with those stories. And Barry kind of points out that how it winds up that a lot of them aren't necessarily true. They're just things that Michael Jordan did for motivation. And that's not really... It doesn't. It's not a compliment to him at all. No, it's not a good look when, especially when later it comes out that all your stories about all these legendary moments are maybe not completely true, right? And maybe not completely false either. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like he still did these accomplishments, so there's still an element of like, however, however he motivates himself, it still happened, right? Yeah, and like. The difference between the flu and food poisoning is there, but they're both awful, and it's impressive to play through them either way. Oh, I mean, and that's the thing is, as everyone's talking about that game, there's no doubt on anyone's face that it's an incredible accomplishment. It's his teammates, it's the other team, it's everyone talking about that, like, he shouldn't have even been standing, it looked like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... Also, I just want to point out, he played terrible teams in the finals. When they went through and, like, explained their teams, they were terrible teams. Uh, I forgot, but in the second run, the last, the the final three, the Western Conference opponents were the Seattle Semisonics, uh, Supersonics, Semisonic is a band, sorry. So I was like, I was like, this man, they played the Semisonics. <laughs> I don't even know what's a Semisonic song like to make fun of it. Like I can't even. Closing time. That's what it is. Yes, yes. Okay, so Seattle Supersonics, and they play the Jazz back to back. Now in the Jazz series, the first year, the Jazz only go because we have a game seven against them where we blow it. Like we just the Rockets just played awful um the rockets were dangerously close to defending the third title against the return jordan and the bulls and considering we had swept orlando the year before i don't know 
Like, I don't want to... Okay, here's like, the thing. I want to tell you Had we defended it, we could have made it. I don't know. I don't want to be the guy who's like, obviously, Elijah Wan would have destroyed Jordan. I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, but in a hypothetical matchup, I don't hate our chances. The Jazz pushed them six games or seven games or whatever it was. Like, it was a rough series for uh, for Chicago. So... It's not outside the realm that we could have challenged them in that way. Well, I guess let me be clear. We're not really defending our title that morning because the the Bulls beat the Supersonics. So it would be the repeat of between the two last champions. It would be the Bulls versus the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And so it would be a battle of, like, who's really a champion. Um, and I don't hate our chances. I understand he's Michael Jordan, but I don't hate our chances in that series. Um, but again, he didn't really beat anybody. Now, here was an interesting stat. Um, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen as a duo eliminated more 60 win teams than any other duo in NBA history. That's kind of impressive, but a lot of them were in the Eastern Conference. So you're saying, do they count? Well, it's not that they, do they count, but look, only one team comes out of each conference at a time. So, like, when you, like, it's a tournament and it's rough and tumble and you never know what's going to happen. But when it winds up that the teams you play from the West are the Seattle Supersonics and the Utah Jazz, like, I mean, okay. The Utah Jazz. Right. Like, okay. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I think it's something to at least importantly speak on. Like, I don't know. Um, oh, they they, like, they gave another good stat where Michael Jordan eliminated more players from the like the NBA top one hundred all time list than anyone else. Blah blah blah. Uh, the one he eliminates the most is Patrick Ewing four times. Oof. <laughs> the Knicks were never the team, like, in this whole story. The Knicks are never the team. They're never the guys. They're really fair. The Knicks never have been the guys. It also tells an interesting parallel where Cleveland was the other young up-and-coming team when uh, when Jordan's Bulls were coming up and Detroit Pistons were kind of trending down and they were like it was a battle between those three teams like for supremacy and it just kind of makes it for an interesting story where the bulls ascend uh at the expense of the cleveland cavaliers who then kind of basically disappear into mediocrity for the next 40 years right <laughs> so we then come back with the next greatest player of all time right Le- LeBron James. LeBron James. Um, so there was a lot of interesting conversation. So Grant Horace, uh, Horace Grant goes basically goes around and says that this thing was edited in favor of Michael Jordan. Like they only showed Michael Jordan being a jerk. It didn't show the players chirping back at him because Michael Jordan actually did get in. You know, they they talk about in the story they talk about how he had a couple fist fights with a couple different guys. So it's not like they shied away from the fact that the players chirped back, but they didn't show it on air. I don't. I don't really. Yeah. That doesn't really matter to me. 
Uh, I think I think it's an important point to make because it's one thing to be like, well, I mean, yeah, there were stories about it being like, here's Michael Jordan getting into a fist fight over something dumb he did or something he said. Like showing the whole thing is way more relevant than I think a lot of people will give it credit for. No, no, I don't. Like, I, I I suppose you're right. I don't mean to argue that. I don't mean to say that the truth isn't important. However, what I do mean to say is that I don't know that it's as important in a documentary about Michael Jordan to tell us that the players, when he talked trash, that the other with the players also talked trash back. Like that's not. It's not a documentary about trash talking. It's a documentary about how Michael Jordan doesn't give an F. Yes, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, the point could be made. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, they talked back, but then Michael Jordan scored 70 on them, so. Right, so, like, and we're done with this. Yeah, so who wins? Like, I think Horace Grant really, I think he felt like uh, the rest, and, and they do, the rest of the Bulls don't come across all that flattering. Um, however, Listen, the rest of the Bulls never seemed that flattering in the beginning. Like, it was always Michael Jordan and friends. So that story didn't change, you know, throughout this documentary. They're not putting six rings on their fingers without, uh, you know, Michael Jordan. So to that regard, I don't know that I really care. If Horace Grant's feelings are hurt, you know what I mean, right? He's he, he's not really that important of a, as part of a narrative, you know. Like we don't tell the Horace Grant story in the Last Dance, you know. Like it's kind of about Michael Jordan and this crazy run and and, and why this was the last time, which is incredibly fascinating. Uh, I think we're gonna have to spend a, a couple of minutes talking about it on the other half of the break. But when we come back, we're definitely going to talk about that because I, I want to get into it because Michael Jordan tries to lay out a little bit of a trap where he's like, they could have brought us all back for one year. So, like, for an eighth, you know what I'm saying? Like, letting them defend the title. Uh, that's Apparently, it's a big thing to Michael Jordan is defending the titles because he talks about how when he retires after his dad passes and, and goes on to baseball, he talks about how the team had started to change. And so like he, he didn't have a chance to defend his title. And so for the sixth one, he, he was a little, you know, to not even defend it would be crazy, but he also knew that they wouldn't have a chance to, uh, we're going to jump out to a break right here. When we come back, we got more nerd Tuck sports coming your way. And we're going to talk Michael Jordan. We're also going to talk some Rams football and we still have Barry Lamnack coming up. Stay tuned. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. I'm going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they're, they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys. And they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash. Uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out. And if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so. 
uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks and be safe, guys. Hey, Conroe, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts. Uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe. And stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports right here on 104.5, 106.1. And we're streaming worldwide at IronLoneStar.com. As always, you can check us out. Uh, the podcast drops, uh, I don't know, what, 3 o'clock? Is that what we're doing now, Nico? I have it at the two. Okay, that's it. The podcast drops as soon as the show comes off the air. And then, as always, you can check us out right here at Nerd Thug uh, at Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Um, make sure to hang out uh, on the page. Make sure to like and share it. We're also doing some contests. You can win some pizza or keychains or HeroClix limited edition pieces. That's what LE stands for, Nico. Limited edition. Yeah. And those HeroClix pieces come to us by Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Nico, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners why they should be going there now that it's open again. Right. They are they are reopening. They're not hosting any events, but the gaming space is open. Every other table still keeping in that social distancing. So this is a fantastic store to get your nerd on. they got all kinds of stuff. Uh, tons of different games. Uh, I don't know if they're... Are they still doing the demo games? The demo games are out, and that's actually what they're using the other table space for. Okay, perfect. So the demo games are out. You can play those if you'd like. Uh, try something out before you buy it. Uh, they got all kinds of different. They have all the the, the books there. You can, you can set up your pull box there. Yeah. As well. Uh, I know that they give you a discount if you have your pull box there. So another incentive if you want. If you're already buying your books, you might as well get your other stuff discounted, right? That's right. Good point. Yeah, so get there right at their Adventure Begins Comics Games and More right there on 1488. Clean, well-lit, family-friendly, and they are the nerds to make you nerdier. See what I did there? I gave them a new tagline right there on the fly. It's true. This is this is why people ask me to do their stuff. You know, I'm a professional. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wearing pants as we do this, but super professional. I mean, most professionals aren't. That's like the whole point. That's true. That is true. You're not wrong, my man. You're not wrong. Um, okay. So I did want to touch on one thing that was coming out of the last dance is Michael Jordan at towards right towards the end. Um, Jerry Krause, the general manager. Now he's been dead for a little while, so he's not able to defend his position in all of this. 
But essentially, he had no intention of burying the hatchet with Phil Jackson. And coming into that season, they had trouble making a deal happen. And Jerry Reisdorf, the owner, had to step in and make the deal between Phil Jackson and the Bulls to bring him back for one more year. And Jerry Cross had already told Phil Jackson, even if you go 82-0, this is your last year. Yeah. So... Michael Jordan had already said he was not going to play for anyone other than Phil Jackson. So if you're doing the arithmetic, the team basically sided with Phil, and Phil was done. So Jerry Krause, the general manager, um, basically saw no reason to bring everything back. There was a strike to start off the NBA offseason. Right when it was about to end, Michael Jordan announces his retirement from basketball. Uh, and it's all over from there. Um, behind the scenes, Michael Jordan, Jerry Reisdorf came to him and said, hey, before you decide anything, let me give one more shot at Phil. Let me, the owner, take one more run at bringing back Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, in his usual different way, uh, had already moved on, and he's going to... Phil's going to leave before you leave him. So he actually turned down the opportunity to come back for a, a four-peat. Um, okay. That's the end of that. Jordan, though, in the documentary says, there's a quote from Reisdorf where basically all the role players would have, their contracts were all kind of expiring at the same time. And they would have gotten more money on the open market than their than any of them are actually worth to keep. And so it would have been way too expensive to keep the team together for another run anyway. Plus, everybody was too old to keep, is basically what Rystor says. Okay? So Jordan says, well, that might be true, but everybody would have signed one-year deals if he would have came to them and and said, let's keep it together one more time. He said the one guy who might have been hard to convince is Pippen, but Jordan felt like even for enough money, Pippen would have come back. Um, the, the counter, Jerry Reisdorf points out, that Michael Jordan actually cut his finger in January uh, at a pro-am golf tournament uh, so badly that he goes on to miss the next... Not miss anything because he's retired, but he spends the next year in physical therapy rehabbing the use of his finger uh, because he cut, like, tendons and stuff. Ooh, what happened there? Uh, It was some sort of accident with a cigar cutter, apparently. Hmm. Uh, Now, Jordan then counters with, well, if you had been bringing us back for a, a, a one more run, I wouldn't. He wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have wouldn't cut have been my finger. Right. Well, even if you're gonna go with the, the hypothetical big air quotes, bring everyone back one more time. There's no guarantee that they would have made it. Right, and I, and that's. I think Jordan just wanted the chance to run out there. Like I think Jordan would have loved the idea of of defending the title and seeing what happens, win or lose. Um. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know – listen, as they show this documentary, it's just exhausting to be Michael Jordan. And it's exhausting to be his teammate, and it's exhausting to be part of a three-peat. 
I don't know that any of these guys really want anything to do with it at this point. They all moved on. They're um, all done. Well, within within the next week after Jordan announces his retirement, uh, Jerry Krause trades away four players in sign-and-trade deals and stuff. So Rodman, right. Pippen, and two other dudes are gone almost immediately. Right. So... Because this void in your team just opened up and might as well just nuke it to rebuild. Exactly. And Jerry Cross actually, that was sort of his specialty, was putting these teams together for Michael Jordan. He put two different teams together for these three P runs. Like other than for the second for the second run, other than Pippen, it's all new faces. Um, you know, that cross positioned around him. Um, also Dennis Rodman at this point, I don't know that he would have mentally survived another championship run. Um, during, during the finals, they tell the story of how he literally left. So they played game four. Mm -hmm. He, instead of flying with the team or I guess it was in Chicago, instead of showing up to be, uh, at practice for the next day. He flew out to like Tampa to do a WCW episode of Nitro with the NWO nice. and Hulk Hogan. That's pretty Dur- sick, though. During the NBA Finals. Yeah, and I'm assuming also during the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> yes, during the Monday Night Wars, and so it's completely un—it's uh, an unexcused absence. Uh, the media is freaking out. Yeah, but it's super sick. It is super sick. It is super sick. And then when he comes back, um, my <laughs> when he comes back, like the media is like, oh, well, obviously this is unacceptable. Like they're gonna punch him. Blah blah blah. They make fun of him for it. Feels like Dennis. Uh, what you mean? Well, like. He 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 uses a bunch of words that sound bad, but he's making fun of the of the story the way the media wrote it. He's like, "You embarrassed and and uh, abandoned your teammates." Like, but they're all laughing about it, and they just move on completely. And it's super like, listen, he got fined. He had to pay a fine. He missed practice. Um, and it was the finals when everyone's head is screwed on super tight. But Phil Jackson handles it perfectly, and Michael Jordan immediately puts an arm around Dennis and is like, hey, whatever, it's fine. You're here, you're ready to play. And all of them just accept that, like, they know Dennis Rodman is here to kill himself to win a ring. They don't care about anything else. Right. And now he's carved himself in not only one sport, but two sports mediums. Well, and it's definitely just an intriguing story in the sense that Phil Phil really had an interesting way around how he managed guys like Dennis Rodman. I think that's probably his best talent, the way that he managed the egos of a team. Because it'd be really easy to to, to screw up. Like, listen, someone's clearly a wingnut to miss a practice during finals to go be on a wrestling show. Obviously a crazy person. Right. Um, It's really easy to see where, where a lesser coach would screw up that dynamic. Yeah, by making it a big deal and hurting everyone's egos and getting people in trouble. And, and buying into the media hype on that. 
Sports right. is the one thing where I do think media creates instead of the other way around. Uh, like in other stuff, I think viewers drive media. So media knows what gets clicked. So that's what they cover, that kind of stuff. Like that's the, the clickbait nature of media. But in sports, a lot of times, because they know what people want to click or hear, then athletes and sports owners and agents are tuned into that. And so what the media asks, the sports people take as like a message from the fans kind of a thing. Um, Except for that one time that the reporter literally asked uh, the Browns quarterback, whatever his name is, uh, why did you lose? That was the funniest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) I... They definitely ask some dumb questions in 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 the moment. That's you can't deny that. Um, but why do we though? But why though? But why though? So anyway, Michael Jordan and Jerry Reisdorf kind of had a little bit of back and forth about whether they could have even had a fi- another run in them. Um, I've seen those teams who sign everyone back because they won. The Boston Red Sox did that one year, where when they won the second title, uh, they just kept that team together, even though that team on paper is old, uh, underperforming and, and not overwhelm like not overwhelmingly talented, but it had just won a title. And so they're like, well, we'll keep it together one more run because we won basically. Uh, and I get the mentality. I don't know that I agree with it though. Like, yeah. no, it's, it's like it's it's like trying to catch lightning. Like. Exactly, exactly. I think sometimes you just gotta throw your hands up in the air and just move on. Well, the whole the whole thing is like you're gonna have it one time, but there's absolutely no way it's gonna work every time, a hundred percent of the time. And, and especially so considering how hard and grueling it looked to be, I don't know if those guys would have even wanted to do it again. Well, like look at the look at the Golden State team now. Like, true. Very true. They went on. They went on their five. They went on their five appearances. They won their games, and now they're done. Well, and also to hear those guys talk about it, like they talk about how hard it was and how grueling it was, and the one season yeah. when they were chasing the seventy-two wins, and yeah, it definitely can be overwhelming. There's no doubt about that. Um, and even and even then, now that now that they've now that, uh, Steph has time to recover, even after his injuries. They're still like, yeah, the season's not achieved. Like they're like, Yeah, we're super done. <laughs> yeah, the Warriors have already just publicly said that the season's over for them. They they've they've already moved on organizationally to next year. While the NBA is trying to figure out a way to play they, they're talking about maybe have like a month of warm up games and then some sort of playoff tournament because they want to have a champion this year. I mean, they technically don't have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I talked to Barry about that, uh, about if the Rockets got hosed this year or not. And he actually thinks the Lakers are were the team to beat. They were about five games up on the Clippers, who were insanely talented in the West. So he might not be wrong. Um, before we get out of here on this segment, and then I'll we'll I'll, we'll do my interview with Barry, and then uh we'll do our wrap up. The Rams may in fact be broke. Um, they made a request to the league to allow them to uh, take on more debt. And essentially they asked for an unlimited waiver this time around. Wow, that's a weird thing to ask for. 
Well, uh, like we were talking about, uh, the spend their spending, 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 spending has gone up, 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 up. Uh, the stadium has gone increased in price up to what was originally supposed to be a one billion dollar contribution has become like a four billion dollar contribution. Uh, oh, their ticket sales are dead because they may not have fans in the stands. Um, the Chargers are supposed to be helping them sell tickets, but they may not have fans in the stands. The PSL sells the PSL seat licenses is like a trick that teams use now to pre-sell but still get money. Um, it's come to a grinding halt during Corona. So no cash in, all cash out. Uh, good times, I see. Yeah. So Corona may have finally gotten its first sports victim. Also, baseball players were told that if they came back this year and played to no fans, they may have to take a pay cut. Uh, they said uh, not interested. <laughs> of course not. Pretty much unanimously to a person, they were like not playing for free, not doing it. Um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Anyway, we'll get to player finances and Corona complications um, at the end of this episode, we got a, well, we have a couple minutes. Why don't we come back? We're going to have Barry Lamanac on with me, Corey DLG, and then we'll uh, come back for a wrap up. This is Nerd Thug Sports. Stay tuned. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. I'm going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open. But the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they're, they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys, and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash. Uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar. The adventure begins, comics, games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out, and if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks, and be safe, guys. Hey, Conros, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health prices straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses, local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open. They require the support of their community. So takeouts uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where, as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome to some more Nerd Thug Sports. And we're going to welcome in uh, a very special guest, a very cool guest, 
Barry Laminack, stand-up comedian and just formerly of ESPN Radio Sports here in Houston. Uh, how's it going, Barry? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. Now, you you just finished what, about a year on Houston Sports. Is that is that right? On uh, ESPN? Yes. Actually, I was there for six years total. Uh, I spent three years toiling on the weekends doing the lead-in show to football. So nine, uh, 10 to noon, I was with Mike Liebeshock on a show called Houston Game Day. Did that for about three years, and then I got the call up to the big leagues when they decided to do a midday show and did that for about three and a half before they said, all right, that's enough. Get out of here. And then they, uh, <laughs> last Monday, they said, uh, we don't want you no more. We can't afford it's you. And it's not because I was making a lot. Damn coronavirus. No joke, man. The yeah. six-year audition was over, huh? That's that's it. Yeah. That's rough. I didn't realize it was six years. I thought Usual Suspects was a year, year and a half. I didn't realize it had been three years. That's impressive. No, the Usual Suspects as a show, so even before – it really got rolling. I was doing kind of an audition when they called me up to the majors. They said, hey, we want to do a midday show. It's going to be Joel, uh, Joel Blank, who was my co-host. And then you and a guy named Travis Johnson, former Texan number one draft pick, are going to audition for the second spot. So we both, he would do Mondays and Fridays. I would do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we did that for what felt like forever. Um, and then, excuse me, the week of Super Bowl, they made the decision and said, all right, we're going to go with Barry and Joel for the show. So that's when the show really became permanent, where I was on there five days a week with Joel. Okay. We, we come okay. up with it. So it was our show, and we had to figure it out now. There was three of us, me, Joel, and Nick, and we came up with a name, and that was the birth of the suspects. And that was the week of Super Bowl here in Houston, 2017. Okay. Now, competing against Travis Johnson, I didn't know that bit. That's got to be scary, because I once watched him celebrate over an unconscious Trent Green. So was it a lot of phone conversations or what was that like? No, I got, it was, it was all friendly, man. I got nothing bad to say about Travis. Great dude. He's great at radio. I was lucky to get the spot. Um, you know, I couldn't compete with him football wise, but well, I tried to make up for it with laughs and baseball knowledge and everything else. Cause that dude was just an ace when it comes to football. So, you know, I don't know why they're, why they chose me over him. I'm just glad they did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, you can't argue with that. I mean, he definitely knows his football, you would think, as a – I mean, he was in the league for eight or nine years, and he was a brutal dude. So you got to think that there's probably some good stories and stuff there. So, no, yeah, it definitely says a lot about you and your resume. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, Travis was awesome, man. Very very good uh, radio guy. I'm not, I'll, just, I'll never forget when he was, he was standing over – I was at that game, and <laughs> I happened to watch when Trent – because Trent Green, like, cartwheels him. Uh, but Trent Green doesn't get up. So when Travis Johnson gets up, he's furious because it was like a chop block situation. It was a – I think he's on a turnover. And so then when he gets up, he kind of looks down, and he's up, he's happy that tra- – he's upset with Trent Green that Trent Green chops him, and then Trent Green's just laying there like a like a corpse <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Travis Johnson, he couldn't help himself. I know I'm sure as a human being he felt bad immediately afterwards, but for a second he was ecstatic about the whole situation. Oh, and yeah. I just remember thinking, that's a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Gotta be, you gotta be a bad dude to play in the trenches like that, dude. That's that's tough football, man. That's where, men, that's where men play down in there. I, I always have to remind myself of that when you see a guy like JJ Watt or Michael Strahan, right? Like, because yes. you know that they kind of they've mastered the art of public face, but you know they got to do some dirty things in that line, though. Oh yeah, they're they're grabbing people by the junk and punching people in the balls. Oh yeah, they're for sure not being the the nice guys that you see on TV. They're getting nasty. They definitely, they definitely are. And speaking of getting nasty, I feel like uh, 
the Rockets had an opportunity this year kind of taken away from them a little bit by the coronavirus. How do you what do you think the playoffs would have looked like this year? Uh, I don't think the Rockets would have done great. I I think that um, I think that there was too much talent. The West the West is talented, but it was so top heavy this year with the Lakers and the Clippers. I agree I, with that. I, I don't know that the Rockets. I, I think they they might have gotten past whether it was the Thunder, or the Jazz, or the Mavs, whoever they ended up playing in that four through seven, you know, area. Or or, but I I think that because they they probably end up in the what in the the fifth seed, probably the Rockets, they were tied with the Thunder. Yeah, so maybe they probably wind up somewhere seed. in that middle there. Yeah, so you're probably either a four or five playing the four or five. So that's why I say it could be the could have been the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Thunder. The, I, I'm not sure, but I think they they might could have won that first round. But I just don't see them getting. I didn't see them getting past the Clippers or the Lakers. So I, I think it was it was just we were just maybe spared more disappointment as Rockets fans from mm-hmm. them not making a deep playoff run. I, I, didn't, I wasn't scared of this particular Lakers team yet. I don't argue that they weren't. You know, their, their top three are probably better than most teams starting five. I, I, can't, I can't even kind of argue that. But I, I just felt like they didn't look – they never once looked like they had it all together this year. This feels like one of those LeBron teams that could – remember how LeBron, sometimes his teams felt like they were serious and sometimes they just felt like a team? Yeah. I think this was just the uh, uh, next year would be like super LeBron team. I feel like. Well, I I think the 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 only counter argument I would make is you imagine they only lost fourteen games, second best record in the NBA, and they didn't even look like they were gelling yet or had chemistry. And who knows? No, and you're right. You're right. Who they knows are, they if they dangerous. figure it out before the playoffs start or during the playoffs? Then it's really scary for the NBA. So that's the thing you got to be concerned about. Is you're you're right that maybe they didn't look as cohesive as they could. They still had a five and a half game lead on a Clippers team that is loaded, and, yeah, what, and they weren't even playing their best. So yeah, that's that's the scary part about that Laker team. And you know, I LeBron agree. in the playoffs, bro, he's gonna take over. He's gonna. It doesn't matter if there's team chemistry. AD and LeBron take over in the playoffs. That's all you need, really. That's ball game. Well, LeBron for sure. I, I haven't seen great playoff AD yet, and that was kind of to me the big question mark. I felt like like LeBron is probably going to be at least in the conference finals just because he's LeBron. Uh, if he's in the finals or not would depend on if AD is able to go to that next gear. Because I don't really feel like we've ever seen um, killer AD. You know what I mean? Well, he never played with LeBron either, and he never had somebody no, no, he has, elevate he his has. game. So you get a guy that can elevate your game. You get a guy that forces you to be better because you don't want to be the guy that's not carrying his weight. You're supposed to be a superstar. And Anthony Davis is a 1,000% of superstar in the NBA. So if you see LeBron out there balling out every night, giving it 110%, AD is going to do that. Now, sometimes the shots fall, sometimes it doesn't, but there's not a lot of guys in this league that can hang with, with AD on the low block. So I, yeah. I, I feel like he would have pulled his own, and LeBron would have made him better. And I do think that our biggest weakness being that we are now just on purpose the shortest team in the NBA, I do think AD would have felt incredibly right. confident going into a series against us. Yeah, it would have reminded me. It probably would have looked a lot like Lamarcus Aldridge a couple of years ago when the Blazers and the Rockets met in the playoffs, and no one could stop <laughs> Lamarcus Aldridge. I guess I'm guessing that's how it would have looked again. That I think just that series made Lamarcus Aldridge twenty million dollars. I think. Oh yeah, just that series. That was his Calvin Cato moment. Remember, like six blocks in a preseason game. That was his Calvin Cato <laughs> moment, and it was bad after that. It was all downhill after that. I always so. Uh, 
for those not familiar with Nerd Thug Sports, I always tease my little brother. He doesn't know anything about sports. And so, like, I always tell him these stories. And, and the NBA is the best for having, like, a guy who shows up just once and it makes him tens of millions of dollars. Uh, talking about, like, Bonzi Wells when he went up and he deed Tim Duncan for one series in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he got, like, $40 million out of it. I think oh, it was yeah. the Rockets who gave it to him, actually, now that I'm saying that. There's and there, yeah, the sad thing is there's the Rockets have several of those. Every team has them, but you can name three of Bonzi Wells, um, Kelvin Cato, Matt Maloney. Yeah. Like, oh gosh. And Rocket. then Chuck Hayes made a living out of like showing up once Don't every five games as like the best little man ever. Yeah. But you know, credit to Chuck though, because it wasn't like he was a one-hit wonder. He was always what he was, but I think they just got enamored with it and knew he was a fan favorite and felt like he could be more than what he was, or, or you know, well, they, maybe they saw the potential think, that was there. I have to think if there had been another big center, there might have, like Yao Ming, might have felt uncomfortable about his role on the team because of his injuries, and so Chuck Hayes makes Yao Ming feel really comfortable in that lineup where it's like, listen, we don't have another center, so even if you're hurt, you're definitely our guy, and we're gonna play Chuck in the other minutes. Yeah, that that could be. Uh, um, so. We kind of segue right towards this. You were talking about LeBron pushing AD to greatness. Uh, I haven't seen the last two episodes yet of The Last Dance, and I try to keep a 24-hour moratorium on stuff. But what do you make overall of, like, the Michael Jordan experience? The idea that, what are we, 30 years later, and we're doing we're doing a 10-episode special about a guy? You know, I feel like I, – I mean, I was a bit disappointed in what I saw, and I always knew Jordan was kind of a jerk, and I always knew – it doesn't change the fact that he's the greatest of all time, in my opinion, but it does taint the legacy a little bit. And that 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 rubs the people the wrong way when you say it. But when you start to learn things, and I'm, I'm going to spoil it for you. But when you start to learn that the flu game was really food poisoning or when the hype that he had to get himself in the I forget who it was it was that told him good game. And that supposedly. Oh, yeah. I, I, the, uh, the yeah. Game, was, and then he was like, then you find out that wasn't true, that that story never happened. And you start finding out that a lot of this was just done to, to you, you, like you're Michael Jordan. You don't need to lie about having the flu to enhance your legacy. Your legacy is already cemented as the greatest basketball player of all time. So it's kind of disappointing that, bro, what are you doing? Just go be Michael Jordan. That's all you have to be. Well, and you're not wrong, except, unfortunately, they do it. Other stars do it, too. Uh, famously, Shaquille O'Neal tells a story where David Robinson, who's apparently one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet in your entire life, it's like him, then a pope. Um, apparently, Shaq, to psych himself up for the game, made up a story in his head that when he was 12, David Robinson denied him an autograph. Mm. And he told himself the story all day to get ready for the game. And then he goes in there and just squashes them. But on it was one of the ones on TNT, you know, the NBA on TNT. He's telling the story and he's like, it didn't happen, but I convinced myself it did. Yeah, but Shaq didn't go out and tell the public that David Robinson once denied him a, 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 an autograph. Like, we all were convinced oh, and led to believe that yeah, it was Yeah, no, you're game. definitely right about that part. There was the story that, that the, the good game moment happened. Like, that was out in the public. These are things that Jordan and his people were telling the press and the public. And so, I mean, it was known as the flu game. And then you find out, no, right. it was the food poisoning game because his trainer told him not to eat the pizza, but he ate it anyways. Wow, really? Like, just just say he got food poisoning. It, it, you were, people would still be impressed that he's out there balling. 
Yeah, everyone's had food poisoning. Everyone knows how miserable I'm actually, knock on wood, never had food poisoning. Now, what? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm definitely not having ponchos now, though. I'll tell you that, because I just... I don't know that I... You're a grown man. And on top of that, my understanding about your career as a traveling comedian... Uh, you're not gonna play the. You're not gonna be in the best places all the time. I don't believe for a second that you've never had. Never food. had it. Gut of steel, man. I've never had. I eat gas station hot dogs five at a time. Never had food poisoning. Well, that's just that's what builds up your bacteria. Yeah, right there. that's sure. what keeps. It's strong. like it's like anything, you know. Yeah. The the more you practice, the more you work out, the better you get. You know, same thing. Me eating gas station <laughs> hot dogs prepared me for several trips to Poncho's raising the flag. So yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, that's true, man. I man, I miss ponchos. I think there's only a couple of those guys left. Yeah, I uh, I, I could spend a lot of. It wasn't great food for some reason, but it 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 tasted delicious because you weren't spending a lot on it. You know, it was like right. It, it, well, my parents, we were we were poor, so my parents would like super sell it. They'd be like, "We're going to ponchos," <laughs> and like theme song it. They're ready to go. So as a dumb kid, I'm super psyched about this place. Right. As an adult, I can only just taste this weird, happy childhood that, like, and you're like, I was lied to, but it's delicious. That's like, what happened? Is there's there's actual tears in the queso at Pancho. <laughs> That's what makes it better. That's how they salt it. They just, just... The, the worst part is my dad. My dad was Hispanic. He was from Panama, so there's no way he enjoyed it at all. Like, there's no way he's like, yeah, this is good. That's great. <laughs> he just. He just did it out of sympathy for us white people. He was like, all right, that's fine. Put up with it, right? Things we do for yeah. kids. Get diarrhea. Ah, jeez. Yeah. Have fun. Kids being kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that scene in the in the movie where the, the mom finds the kid and he's got brown stuff all over his face. And she's like, is that chocolate or poo? And then she winds up like lick tasting it to find oh, out. Oh, hell. That she goes, Where'd you find chocolate? And her friend was with her, goes, What if it had been poop? Like, how did we get here? See, this is why I don't have kids because I'm not tasting anything, anything. I don't care what it you is. Know you know what's crazy? Is I'm kids face. They're gross. Kids are disgusting. There's no way they are. They are. I'm an uncle, and my sister has three little ones. And I always thought the movies like over exaggerated it. Nah, man, they'll just show up with stuff all over, and you'll be like, What happened? And they're talking. They're of talking age. They're seven, five, and three. They can each tell you what happened. They they don't know. No, they're disgusting. <laughs> None of them ever know. We were all kids, uh, but they're disgusting. So I, That's I right. was a disgusting kid right. once. So I can say it. it's like it's like you know when people talk about another race. Like some of my best friends were kids. So <laughs> I, I, it's okay. I know several kids, and they've told me this is a cultural. Thing. That's right. <laughs> All right, Barry, we're going to get you out of here from Nerd Sucks Sports right here with this real quick question. Who's going to win a championship first, James Harden or Bill O'Brien? Ooh, you know, I'm going to say uh, James Harden. Be- you get, like a role player on a Spurs team in 10 years? Well, I mean, look, he's got to the Western Conference Finals twice, right? Like, they were a hamstring away okay. with Chris okay. Paul. He did it back with Dwight a, a few years before that. Bill O'Brien can't get past the second round no matter what. And he, he he's always hovering around average. If you look at his, you know, yeah, he had a 2-14 and 14 year and he had a 12-4 and uh, four year and then all the other 9-7s and sevens when you combine it. 
So when you when you hover around average, I, I, that doesn't improve your chances of winning a championship. You, you can't even get to an AFC championship, much less a Super Bowl. At least James has been close. He didn't get to the mountaintop, but he's been close. And with the right people around him, I think he can. Plus, James doesn't have to get out of his own way. Bill O'Brien does. That's fair. Those are fair points. All right, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. We want to thank Barry Lamanac for being on the Appreciate show. you guys. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. I'm going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they're, they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys, and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash, uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar, The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out, and if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks, and be safe, guys. Hey, Conros, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health prices straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community. So takeout uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where, as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest-growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much, and stay safe, and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, nerds. We got Nerd Thug Sports coming right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. As always, we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And make sure to go to Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, come hang out with us. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. We've got contests going on to reward you for doing just that right now. You can win a free Marini's Pizza if you're local here in Conroe. Or if you're one of our podcast fans, we will mail anywhere in the continental United States the hero clicks, LEs, or the keychain rings if you win those. Um, this is Corey DLG with me, his little brother Nico, and we're doing the wrap up. Yeah, man. So, Barry Lamanac, Michael Jordan, the Rams are broke. Uh, a lot going on, man. I know. This has been an exciting week. It has been an exciting week. And this is kind of the Barry Lamanac week. He's going to be back tomorrow on Earth, the radio. So, make sure to come check that out as well. Um, but, okay. So, one thing to keep an eye on, though. Is the salary cap in, in both basketball and football is mm-hmm. tied to revenue from the previous year. So next year's NBA cap is probably going to go down 
Next year's NFL salary cap will probably go down. That's like the first time this has happened, like ever, probably. Ever. ever. And it's going to be an interesting issue because how are teams going to manage it? I think the NFL is going to do a waiver. I think NBA may choose not to because the owners may feel like salaries are out of control as it is. Right. So that part is going to be but I don't know. There's already, there's already a football team that's broke. Yeah, but I feel like the NFL, every other team is going to be over. And I don't think they feel like, I don't think any team is willing to risk losing one of their young players. Maybe. Every NFL team has structured everything they do now to keep young players on franchises for as long as possible because that's how they build and massage fan bases. Mm-hmm. So I just I, I I feel like the NFL also is still the golden goose, even even with the Rams being cash broke. Um, keep in mind, you know, just a couple years ago the Raiders were cash broke, but I think now they're probably sitting pretty because the That's stadium's true. almost done. They're about to open in Vegas, so they don't care. That's I, true. I I think it's a quick turnaround, and I think the Rams are just strapped. Um. That being said, everybody, thanks for listening. On behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself and Adventure Begins, Commerce Games, and more, be safe, be happy, be healthy, wash your hands, clean your feet, wear your masks, and uh, same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel.